Bonjour mes beautés et bienvenue, welcome to the next episode of the Paris Lessons. Merci d'être là, thank you for being here. In this week's episode, we are going to explore the topic of French feelings. After which, I'm going to answer some of the wonderful questions that I received Thank you very much. Merci beaucoup. Don't forget that you can always email me your questions that you would like for me to answer here in the podcast. Just simply put in the subject, the Paris Lessons question. This week's topic was inspired by a conversation that I had at a party last weekend. It was a party for someone who had recently become a, a medical doctor So it was a very festive atmosphere. She actually did this wonderful, it was like an apéro dînatoire at this, um, not at a bar, at a restaurant with a bar in the front. So she'd reserved the bar in the front. I'm mentioning that for those of you in the membership because I talked about what an apéro dînatoire is and what it isn't in your membership. So as I am at this party, uh, this French party, so all French people, I ran into some people that I knew and also I met some new people. Now notice I didn't say I made some new friends because remember in French culture friendships aren't made just like that in an evening. They're made over time. And a lot of what I'm going to share connects very well with my L'Art de Vivre course. It's a course that I ran online in the summer of 2017 that actually I haven't made available since. But as I realized I was going to reference that course a lot, I decided that it was time to turn it into a digital self-study program. So I've done that. It's available on the site today. The link to it is in the email that contained the link to this podcast episode. So in that particular course, there's a section where I talk a lot about a friendship and romance à la française, French style. So in France, friendships are really made over time. That's one of the reasons why people have a misconception Americans, anyway, when they come to France, they, th they think that it's hard to make French friends. It's not hard to make French friends in general. However, if you're expecting to make French friends the way that we make friends in the States, meaning quickly, then yes, it's going to be very hard because that's just not the way that it's done here. Friendships here are really uh, made over memories shared and over a lot of time. So case in point, French people tend to travel in, in packs. They tend to stay friends with people that they went to high school with, that they went to university with. So at this party last weekend, there were a lot of people that had known each other for, for quite some time. They'd gone to school together. They'd grown up together. And one of the, the new people that I met, the new acquaintances that I made, was this lovely woman. Let's call her Juliette. Her name wasn't Juliette, but I love, I love that name. And uh, Juliette, Juliette and I had shared a glass of wine, and we enjoyed some of the wonderful food that was laid out for the apéro dînatoire. We got to know just sort of, you know where we grew up and what we like to do and all those things. And then it got to a certain point in the night where I was ready to go home. And so I said to her, well, I think, je pense que je vais rentrer. I think that I'm going to go home. And she said, oh, I'd love to go home, but I have, a, I have another party to go to. Uh, it's a birthday party. And I said, ah, okay, je comprends. You know, I understand. And she said, oh, I'm so tired. I would love to just go home. And then she said, but also there's someone there that I'm not really looking forward to being around. And I said, ah, Ça, ça c'est difficile. That's, that's difficult. I understand. 
And so we started to have this this talk about, you know, what was going on with this person who was going to be at this party. And sure enough, it was someone who had been a romantic interest of hers who's in her large group of friends. This is someone, and I'm sharing this story because I want to because I wanted to make sure that everyone understood that even though many of you, if you've taken my culture classes, you've heard me talk about how French people tend to communicate more directly, whether with friends or family or maybe not all the time with family, but at least friends and romance compared to how we do it in the States. This doesn't mean that the feelings are any different. This doesn't mean that the emotional experience is any less challenging. So that's why I'm sharing this story with you. Because, for example, many of you have heard me talk about how we don't date in French culture. French people think that dating, they think it's a crazy system. They have a really hard time understanding it. They can't understand why if they meet someone and they get along with someone, and they're sleeping with someone, why they then still have to have the talk about whether they're not exclusive if they're dating an American, par exemple. Because here, French people, they don't date because they're much, they're operating much more from um, a paradigm of, you know, it works or it doesn't. You meet someone, you're really into spending more time with them, getting to know them more, spending more time with them, and they are too with you. Wonderful, great, you're going to keep doing that. And it's assumed that you're together until someone says, do you know what, actually, no, I'm not really feeling this. Or or maybe someone might say, I, I really enjoy sleeping with you. Would you be into just, you know, sleeping together? But there will be some sort of, there will be some sort of direct acknowledgement of, you know, if everyone's all in or not, usually vis-a-vis behavior. And like I said, if something's going to end or shift, people will talk about it. So French people really think that dating, that American style dating is just nonsensical and, and a selfish way to hedge one's bets using someone else's time or heart. And, you know, I'm an American. I used to date. There were times when I dated multiple people when I was living in the States and I look back, it was such a waste of my time and, you know, a waste of other people's time. I mean, it's unless everyone is sort of, unless everyone is aware that that's the situation. So Juliette and her romantic interest, let's call him Victor. Victor is one of my dear friend's names. I love that name. So so everyone in the group of friends had warned her about Victor, that, you know, he's the guy who won't settle down. He's super charming, has a very attractive energy, is really, really fun and sensitive and smart and all the things, but it's not the, he's not the guy who's going to settle down. But regardless, Juliette felt an attraction for Victor, and he was attracted to her too. So this, this adventure, this romantic adventure started and and you know lasted for for a few months without ever really sort of taking off in a committed way which which Juliette was aware of but she was developing you know deeper and deeper feelings for Victor so this became a very challenging situation for her you know these 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 emotions, I could have been, you know, I was standing there that night talking to Juliette, but I could have been talking to any of my American friends. And even though Juliette's, the words that she used and the way she handled the situation were different than an American woman's might have been, all the same feelings were there. I mean, even just in her body language, the frustration, the love, the disappointment, 
the the embarrassment, you know, this acknowledgement of, oh, I know, I know, I'm in love with the guy who's not available, all of these things, all of those emotions were still there. So Victor and Juliette carry on in this sort of in-between space as long as they can until it just becomes too uncomfortable for Juliette and also for Victor. So he writes her a text um, that she shared with me that was really straightforward and, and actually really, really, really sensitive. I mean, the kind of text that's not easy to write because it's very direct. Like, you know, I'm, I don't have feelings. I love spending time with you. I don't have feelings like I know you wish I had for you. Um, I, I know that what you're looking for is beyond my limits right now. Um, I'm sorry to tell you that, but that's where I'm at and that's my truth. You know, the kind of text you don't want to write to the, another person because you don't want to hurt their feelings or because, you know, maybe it gets, it gets in that, you know, really... It's, it's, it's a challenge sometimes to communicate so honestly with someone, but Victor did it, and Juliette received it, and she was disappointed, but that set her free in a way. So that's an example of that kind of communication, that direct communication I'm talking about. However, as I said, all of those challenging feelings that all of us have felt were still there. So remember what I said about French people traveling in packs? So Victor is a part, they're part of the same big group of friends. So remember les grandes vacances, the, the big summer vacation in August that French people go on. Well, a lot of friends do this together, so they'll go away for a couple of weeks. So of course, Juliette's going away with these friends. Of course, Victor's going to be there. Um, and, you know, she's she shared with me, oh, I almost didn't want to go on the vacation, but then, you know, I'm going to miss out on vacation with my friends. And at some point, I just have to learn to, like, live with these feelings and, and work through them and just, you know, get through this and get past this because this is ridiculous. I'm not going to, like, tonight, she said, I'm dragging my feet to go to this birthday dinner because because of this uncomfortable feeling I have, this sort of sadness, this feeling of like, well, you know, why, why am I not the one to make him want to settle down? Why am I beyond limits of what he's capable of as far as a relationship at this point in time in his life? So see, all these feelings that anyone would feel no matter what their culture is. But so she chose to handle this um, in a way where she really was facing these challenging feelings and, you know, really having faith that time was going to eventually, you know, make not, you know, sort of diminish these feelings more and more, which she shared with me. It has. So she went on the vacation and she said it was, you know, terribly awkward. At one point they were sharing, you know, they were, it was a big house that they'd all shared. And, you know, there was, there were just like, you know, bumping into each other all the time. But she said, you know what? Like I didn't have any, I was fine. I, I didn't cry at all. It was sort of awkward, but I got through it and I was proud of myself. And I really want to keep this social fabric together that I have with my group of friends. And, and I was like, well, yeah, and obviously all of your friends in those situations, I'm sure you knew you had some, some support there. And she said, yeah, completely, totally. So she did that and now cut to a couple of months later now there was this birthday party, another event. She hadn't seen him in a while that she was dragging her feet getting to. And of course, you know, I did my very best to find the words that I would give to any 
any friend, you know, I imagine, you know, I thought, what would I say to a dear friend who is in the same situation, you know, just to remind her that just because you're beyond someone's limits right now doesn't mean that that you're subpar by any means and also you know I'm a little bit older than than Juliette I said you know there's certain patterns in life that you see and and you know trust me it may sound trite but I've seen a pattern like this before and and you're doing wonderfully you're staying true to yourself you're you know you heard what he said and you're moving forward accordingly, you're respecting yourself, you're honoring your feelings, you're not, you know, let you're not robbing yourself of, of any further experiences with your friends because avoiding this person, you will, what is what is meant for you that's out there will find you. And believe me, one day, Victor will, Victor, you will realize that, you are beyond his limits, perhaps, but not beyond his limits of, you know, what he's capable of in a relationship, but maybe beyond his limits of, you know, emotionally, what he emotionally, what he can provide to you. And you'll start to see that more that way. And so I think I gave her some comfort in that respect. But I hope that what I've communicated to you here is that, you know, as much as we admire French women and Parisians as being these super tough, super confident, say what they mean women, which a lot of times they are, they're still human beings with feelings. And people have been asking me, and you know, and a lot of and feelings are very universal. And people have been asking me a lot for recommendations um, of reading things I love to read, whether they be uh, related to philosophy or French literature. On the topic of emotions, William James, the psychologist and philosopher, has some fascinating ideas about emotions that um, are really freeing, in my opinion. He has a theory that, you know, our emotions aren't necessarily a reaction to our perception of a situation, but our emotions are really a reaction to something that's happening in our bodies that's connected to a certain situation. So with this understanding of emotions as such, it can provide a lot of relief because it gives us the message that we're not in control of our emotions, that they're very, very primal, primal states of being that we experience. So using Juliette as my example, when I say she was honoring her feelings and respecting herself, she was very candid about how difficult the situation was being around Victor. Uh, but however, you know, she was not, you know, giving herself this sort of pep talk of like, you know, you know, no way, I'm over this, I don't care anymore. She wasn't lying to herself. And and I see that as a very French way of existing with emotions, you know, really just acknowledging and living with instead of fighting against. So if you want to read more about this, uh, William James has, he's written, he's written some real, I'm staring at them right now. They're, they're quite large, these two volumes on psychology. However, he also wrote a smaller book called Psychology, the briefer course, if you're interested in his theory on emotions. And that said, those of you who've already heard me talk about my my ideas about uh, living unapologetically, in quotes, unapolog- unapologetically, I also have a lot of thoughts about being fearless, 
fearless in quotes. I'm seeing fearless, you know, be fearless come up so much, especially in social media lately. So stay tuned because next week's podcast will be my thoughts on living fearlessly or being fearless. And those of you who've heard my talk on living unapologetically or beyond unapologetically in French confidence, you can probably imagine what I have to say about living fearlessly or being fearless. That said, let's get into this week's questions, which again, were wonderful. Thank you to everyone who sent them in. Uh, This listener asks, if there are any special French birthday traditions, do they make a big deal about celebrating like we do in American culture? If so, is there anything unique that you've noticed like a food, drink, ritual song? She says, I thought it might be fun to add something French to my celebration this year. So uh, let me say, starting off, that French celebrations are generally more subdued than American celebrations. So it's kind of like less everything, less less gifts, less just kind of less of a big deal made of everything. However, there's generally a lot of champagne. There's always champagne at birthdays, at least one glass of champagne. Um, you know, of course, there's like a tart or a cake. They sing Joyeux Anniversaire instead of Happy Birthday. Joyeux Anniversaire. Also, this, what I've noticed is when you go to a French birthday party in a club or in a restaurant and they have like a, a music system with speakers, a lot of times they'll play the Stevie Wonder song, Happy Birthday. They're really into that here. As far as birthday traditions go, there is a lovely tradition. Um, those of you who've taken French finance, you'll see the, you'll see the connection between French culture and this tradition I'm about to explain. There's a beautiful tradition of giving a group gift. It's a wonderful way to make to give someone a gift that's very purposeful and really unite the group that's celebrating that's either going to the bar to meet for drinks for the birthday occasion or going to the dinner or going to the person's home. Um and and voila, so people will do they'll do like a collective um, collection, <laughs> collective collection, um, you know, using one of the one of the apps or or something online. And like for example, one of my recent birthday gifts I gave was towards a friend's surf trip. I've done other birthday gifts that were um, collective gifts that were t- for someone to get their sailing license. Or someone to get, you know, a certain purse that they love, things like this. And then it's fun too because that person gets to think of all their friends pitching in when they go on that trip or when they use that purse. It's also very in line with French culture um, when it comes to, you know, really valuing experiences or really valuing a product of very, very high quality because, you know, they would rather get the, the purse of their dreams than, you know, a bunch of you know, little gifts that are also equally as meaningful, but, but, um, you know, it's always nice to have something that's really high quality. Also, I wanted to add that birthdays and weddings, since I was just at a French wedding recently, birthdays and weddings are really the only two times we're going to see French people really, um, really let loose and party. So what I mean by this is like, you know, this is when you're going to see French people get pretty tipsy. Otherwise, their alcohol consumption is very, very moderate. So 
you know, that adds sort of a, a silliness to French birthdays as well, a little bit, a little bit of excess. But again, like not an extreme amount of excess, but more than you would see normally. Next question. Oh, and that, that listener also shares that she's been revisiting the Bien-être, the French well-being course, because it feels like a perfect time of year to do so. I agree. It's the perfect time of year to do some cocooning, as we'd say in French, cocooning. And, you know, really taking good care of oneself and getting some rest. Next, I love all of the Colette quotes in your courses. What's your favorite work of hers? I need a book to read at the park, channeling my Parisian self in California. This is a wonderful question because those of you who uh, read the, the newsletter this weekend, you saw my note about the importance of having wonderful translation. So the books of Colette's that I love the most, I don't think are available in English. That would be um, uh, Prison et Paradis and La Femme Cachée. However, in doing some research concerning books I could recommend to you that are in English, so I'm just pulling up my search again. Gigi is one of them. I also love that. Gigi is available in English. There are The Vagabond is available in English. I have not read that yet. There is also an autobiography, which I've never read. Not read yet, anyway. It's out of print. It's called Earthly Paradise. And the reviews for it I was looking online look amazing. Um, Cherie, Cherie is also available in English. That is the book that the film, the English film, the English language film uh, starring Michelle Pfeiffer is based upon. Next, uh, this listener comments about oh, the podcast two weekends ago, the Lost in Translation podcast where I talked about the essence of things, and she's also a lover of philosophy. So she references Aristotle and his ideas about essence. I wanted to mention that here to you, to any of you who are um, interested in philosophy. So if you're an English language reader, the go-to translation of Aristotle's metaphysics is by a Scotsman named W.D. Ross. W.D. Ross. So Aristotle talks a lot about the essence of things in his writing. This listener asks how I get to my destinations when going somewhere. If my preferred way is to walk, take the metro, or take a taxi, um, I always prefer to walk. So in general, if it's a 30-minute metro ride, then I'll just walk because it's probably a 30-minute walk. I also love taking the bus a lot. I love taking the bus to the Sorbonne because it goes around the Pantheon and of course it crosses the Seine. The bus takes a bit longer and sometimes the schedule, I mean, it's not really as reliable as the Metro because there aren't as many, but it's very peaceful. So it gets me up earlier. I always get to school early when I take the bus and I do a lot of reading on the bus and then she asks when you return home after dark do you feel safe by yourself or are you more comfortable being accompanied by a friend so when I if I'm going home my rule of thumb is if I'm going home after 11 I don't take the metro I'd rather just get a, a taxi or use one of the private car apps um 
Otherwise, I rarely use those. I really try to take advantage of the metro or I walk, as I said, or I take the bus. Um, for example, when I when I got home from the wedding recently, I took um, a car because it's just it's peace of mind. And um, the metro at night, there's just a lot less people. And especially on a weekend, you know, it's just life. It's there's a lot of drunk people. There's and it's and it's just not so comfortable, especially as a woman, you know, on her own. So I always would rather just take a car home. And then she also adds a comment about the apparodinatoire, just saying how intrigued she was, particularly as far as whether or not it was proper to do at a certain age, as she did so much entertaining in her younger years, sit down entertaining. Um, it's proper at any age, ma belle. And as I said, as you've heard me say, you know, an apparodinatoire, the spirit behind it isn't, you know, an easy solution to dinner, um, but it does take some of that pressure off of having, you know, to do all the, the rituals that that come with having a sit-down dinner. And she said, I'm sad to see the membership come to a close, but I'm so excited for next month's Every month somehow is always better and better. Merci, ma belle. Thank you, my beauty. I really appreciate that. On that note, those of you who love the Instagram account, you will flip out over the membership. I don't talk about the membership here in the podcast often, but know that if you love the photos I share, the anecdotes I share, the audios that I share, if you love the stories that I share in Instagram stories, you will love the membership. So do consider joining us. Et voilà, chers amis, je vous souhaite une très belle journée.